Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, happy 4th of July. What a great day to be together. I don't know if those of you streaming can see, but this room is, uh, is almost full, and it's been a long time since we've seen a room like this. Can we give the Lord thanks for just being able to be back? So glad you're here. This is what freedom is all about. Now, I know some of you were here maybe back in 1985 when this happened. But I don't know if you realize it, but above you, there is a steel structure that at the time was one of the largest that had been built in this area. In fact, it's so big, when I first moved here, a structural engineer who owned the company, who oversaw it, told me about how beams were connected. And so I crawled up there one day and removed one of the bolts that connects those beams. Literally, he gave me this bolt. It has October the 17th, 1983. That's the day they completed the steel structure. And I will love that man as long as I remember his name, John Braga. He's with Jesus today. His family's still here, and they're very involved. But he gave me this bolt, and it's in my office to remind me somebody built what I enjoy today. Somebody in this nation built what we enjoy on the 4th of July. Somebody went before us. Somebody paid the price. And we get to celebrate. And did you know, even in the biblical record, there were workers who did the unthinkable. We're in a series called Summer of Impact, and we're choosing people that you've probably never heard of. I would be willing to bet the farm you've never heard of these guys. Two construction workers that God called out and did something very significant through them. One of them's name, Bezalel. Back, let's have fun. Say it with me. Bezalel. The other one, Oholiab. Say it. Oholiab. Now, I don't know how to remember Bezalel. I'm going to probably mess his name up, but I can tell you how to remember Oh Holy Ab. You just look down at your abs and think, Oh Holy Abs. That, that's, that's exactly how I remember his name. I can't help you with Bezalel. I'm trying to figure that one out. You say, well, who were these guys? Let me tell you their story. If you've got a Bible, I want you to go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 34, 35, somewhere in there. So let's talk for a moment. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness, and all they have between them and the promised land is just a big wilderness. In Exodus, Moses goes up on the mountain called Sinai. He receives the Ten Commandments, the the Ten Commandments as we know them, the law that was given. He stays 40 days and 40 nights. He comes back down, and he walks into a party. An ungodly party. It was literally an orgy. I mean, it was unbelievably unrighteous. And he broke those stones. 
God was angry. He was angry. He pled for forgiveness on the part of the people. And the Lord called him back up on the mountain. So he goes back up. And for 40 days, he stays up there again. This time, though, he said, I want to see you, God. I want to just see who you are. And the Lord hit him in the cleft of the rock, literally put his hand over his eyes. He didn't see him until he was walking away. And then he let him see the back part of God. It's kind of like how God works in our life. You don't always see him coming. You see him going. And as one philosopher said, it's the way you got to live life. Life must be lived forward. It's only when you look back that you understand what happened in your life. That's the story of this country. When you look back, you see God's hand. You see how he was working. Sometimes in the midst of the chaos, we don't see him. We don't sense him. But he's here. And may that dawn upon every one of us that no matter how crazy it has been, no matter how crazy it may be, the Lord is with us. And so here we are in the wilderness. Moses comes back down. And while he was up there, even the first time he was up there, the Lord said, I want you to build a tent of meeting. I want you to build a meeting place so I can meet with my people. It's called the tabernacle. And Moses said, okay, we'll do it. So the second time down the mountain, he starts that process. And you're going to read what he announces to the people about two construction workers who were going to be major important to the building of the tabernacle. So I'm reading verse 30 of chapter 35 of Exodus. And I'm going to read into chapter 36, just a few verses. Then Moses said to the people of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to remember that phrase, filled him with the Spirit of God, with skill, with intelligence, with knowledge, with all craftsmanship to devise artistic designs, to work in gold and silver and bronze and cutting stones for setting and in carving wood for every work or for work in every skilled craft. And he has inspired him to teach both him and Oholiab, the son of Ashmach of the tribe of Dan. He is filled with him with skill to do every sort of work done by an engraver or designer, by embroiderer in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twine and linen, or by a weaver, by any sort of workman or skilled designer. Bezalel and Aholiab, and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance to all that the Lord has commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whom the Lord, in whose mind the Lord had put skill, and everyone whose heart stirred, and they came up to do the work. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Thank God for construction workers who accomplished the unthinkable. They built the sanctuary. Now follow me. Two simple lessons out of this. Number one, God has gifted every one of us with abilities. He's given us gifts and abilities. Everyone. And not just us, 
but through the history of this country, you can see how God has blessed this land. The first time ever the scripture says God put his spirit in someone was the verse we just read. Okay, there's a lot of references to God's Spirit resting on someone, and then in the New Testament, God's Spirit comes in. But in the Old Testament, this is the very first time you ever see God put His Spirit in someone. Who was it? A patriarch? Nope. Somebody famous? Nope. A construction worker. And He put His Spirit in him because he had something special, a massive job, that it was going to take the Spirit of God this tabernacle is where God wanted to meet with his people. I mean, this, is, this thing is huge. And so what did he do? He called those construction guys and he says, I'm going to give you a gift. And he gave them a gift. And they led the building of that place. Now, I want you to think about what God has done in your life and what he's done in my life. Moses honored these workers in front of everyone. That speech we just read that was made in front of the people. He holds up these two workers. Now, their name never occurs anywhere else in Scripture. But they occur a lot right here. Why do you think he called their name? I mean, there are other workers. We don't know. There were other craftsmen involved. We don't know their name. Because God wanted people to know who they are. And I know that in your life, there have probably been seasons that you thought nobody knew who I was. You're wrong. There's somebody who knows who you are, and he has gifted you, and he has used you to make a difference. He has given you gifts and abilities, and he wanted to call their name out so the people would see him and recognize. It's time we as a nation realize we have builders who have gone before us. We have builders among us who work every day every day to make this country what it is today. Can I just tell you, everywhere my wife and I have been in the last several weeks, we go to a restaurant, we go to any place, and there is a sign in every place. And you know what I'm talking about. What does the sign say? Help wanted. Can I just say to all of you who are working currently, you have opportunity work and you are working. Thank you for showing up. And thank you for working. It just makes sense knowing that many of you are trying and you're in that season of trying to find a job. But let's recognize the workers. And I'm going to just throw an idea out. This is just extra. Why don't you tip them a little extra these days? Why don't you say thank you and put a little bit of extra there just to say, hey, I appreciate you. Because what Moses is doing, what God is doing is showing us they matter. You matter as a worker. You matter in the skill that God has given you. Use it for him. So let's do something. I took Central Florida. We divided up among the main occupations and trades. And I want you to recognize who's in the room today. And I want us to thank God for the ones that he has called to work and you're working and you're doing everything you can to make this a great place to live. So what we're going to do, we're going to put a list up. It's on the screen. Now, if you're on the chat, I want you to identify yourself in the chat. You can, you can say, hey, that's me, that's me. Here are the options, okay? 
There are all the options. Now, we're going to do it quickly. Let's start with domestic. That means, yes, you are working at a place that matters most, and that's the home. Stand up. If you are working at home, stand up. Let us thank you. Where are you? Here we go. Thank you. All right, financial services. Uh, bankers, uh, accountants, I mean, you've got financial services of all kinds right here. That's where the money is, right there. Agriculture, you're growing something. You're a citrus grower. You're a, you got something to do with. There we go. Thank you. Media. You are involved in media in some way. It could be, thank you. Retail. Come on, you sell us the stuff every day. Retail. There you are. Education. All the education. I mean, no matter what school, doesn't matter what level, just education. Healthcare. I really appreciate you guys. Healthcare. Where are you? That's awesome. Government. That means law enforcement. That means military. That means first responders. Stand up. Wherever you are. Entertainment and hospitality. Where are you? Thank you. You guys make it a fun place to live. Now, did we leave anybody? Professional services. That means that you are in some service industry. It could be taking care of lawns. It could be taking care of something. All right, just service industry. Stand up wherever you are. Let's see you. That's awesome. Y'all notice the pastor hadn't stood yet. None of our pastors, if, I said, you're in the service industry. Come on, we have services every weekend. That's service, right? <laughs> hey, miscellaneous, if we didn't pick the category, stand up. If we didn't pick your category, it doesn't matter, stand up. We are so glad you're here. Thank you. Okay, now here's what I want to do. There's some of you looking for employment. You're actively seeking employment. You know, this would be a great day that we're honoring those who built this country. It'd be a great day to say thank you for you and pray for you, okay? If you're actively seeking employment, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to ask God to open the door, and he's going to provide employment for you, okay? Where are you? You're in the middle. You're between jobs, something, but you're seeking employment. Just stand up wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you. Up in the balcony. Yeah. Thank you. Online, thank you, thank you. Can we just stop for a moment and pray? Father, we're so thankful for the workers in this country, and we're thankful for what happened that brought us to this point. And we pray for these standing that are looking for employment. God, you would open doors for them. Every good gift comes from above, and we know that means even our jobs come from you. So, Lord, would you open doors? 
In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Now, you just saw a little glimpse of why it's great to live in Central Florida. And why it's great to live in this country is because people like you, who God has given a gift to, and you've used it. And so we have been blessed from sea to shining sea by His grace. We have so many natural resources, the largest coal deposit in the world. We have blessings financially, the largest gross domestic product in the world. And we got the greatest people in the world. And the one thing we have that so many cherish is a word called freedom. We are free today in this land. We are free. And we give thanks to God for that freedom. Even people have said, I wanted to come because there was opportunity there. There was freedom there. And you know what? God sent some great people to us. I had a conversation this week with a family that became citizens on June the 10th. And they're here every weekend. They're one of, in one of our life groups. Originally from Hong Kong, a businessman who came six years ago and brought his family now in the process of moving businesses from Hong Kong to the United States. As I talked to him, I just sensed the excitement. I sensed a sense of appreciation in him. And I just think it's kind of cool to welcome this family to the United States. They're right down here. Daniel, stand up. Daniel Cho and his family, Candy, his wife, his two kids, welcome. It's so good to have you. And let's do this. Remain standing. How about anyone who has become a U.S. citizen in the last five years? Stand up. If you've become a citizen in the last five years, we want to welcome you to this country. Stand up, wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you. Over here. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. God bless you. You may be seated. How did we get here? How, how did we get to a place of freedom? How did we get to a place where workers can work? You know that these guys had the freedom to work, that Moses told them to do it, and they had the freedom to do it. It's because God has been good to us. God has blessed us. Benjamin Franklin, in 1787, in a constitutional convention, they're gathered. They're at a little bit of a kind of an impasse. Benjamin Franklin stands up. This is what he said. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need his assistance? I've lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? That's 1787. Benjamin Franklin recognized how we got here, by the hand of the Almighty. And then a little later... Abraham Lincoln, 1863, had these remarks when he called the nation to a national day of prayer. We've been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. 
We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We've grown in numbers, wealth, power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. You see, I believe both of these were right. When you forget how you got here, you have lost a sense of who we are. And I just think in this moment, we just need to pause and say, God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for getting us to this place today. So can you join me? In just a moment, just tell him right now, thank you, God, for what you've done in this nation and how you have blessed us, given us abilities, given us gifts to build a great country. Lord, you have been good. You have blessed us, and we are so thankful. So, Father, I pray that on this day we celebrate, we rejoice, and we understand how we got here. Father, we, uh, we thank you for every worker in this room. We thank you for those that have blessed our life. Some we know, some we don't. But it's okay, they use their gifts for you. And they've made a difference. And so we say thank you. And together we ask for your blessing to continue to rest on this nation and that you would continue to pour out your grace from sea to shining sea. And may it always be a place of freedom and a place where the gospel can be shared free, shared freely. Thank you, Lord, for that opportunity, even today, to stand here, to sit here, to worship you, and to say your name. And to you we owe everything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. We are blessed. Now, only, all we had to remember is this. You've been given a gift by God. Now use it for him. You realize that work is worship. You realize that all of your life is about worship. Everything you have, the breath that God gave you this morning, use it for him. These workers, they came and built the tabernacle. They did all that they did, believing they were doing something sacred. Believing they were doing something that mattered because God had stirred in them. And can I just remind you, you don't divide your life into secular and sacred. You don't have, on Sundays I'm sacred. On Sundays I'm doing things for God. On Mondays through Saturday I'm doing things for me or somebody else. No, you're not. All of life is sacred. Every breath you draw is a gift from God. Use it for Him. Use the gifts that God has given you. Let me ask you a question about your work. Do you work to get or do you work to give? You see, if you work to get, it pretty much is about you. But if you work to give, you understand that what you have and the job you have is a gift and it's a blessing and you are doing something to say thank you. Let our work be something we do to give back. I mean, even the freedom that we have, 
let it be a reminder to us. It, well, as Danny said, we're free to do what? To praise his name, to share our faith, to live righteous lives. And when you do that, when workers work that way, when they come at their work and they do it in a way that says, I believe this is of God, I'm working for him. The scripture says, whatever we do, do all for the glory of God. You know what happens? We inspire others. In fact, these verses tell us that when the workers started working, the people saw how they were working and it inspired them and they started bringing materials. They started bringing things to help build the tabernacle. And there's actually a verse in the Bible that says they had to stop the offerings because there was too much coming in. Now, can you imagine Danny getting up here one Sunday saying, y'all got to stop that giving. It's just, you're just killing us. You're just killing us. Danny's going, nope, I can't imagine that. Um, but that's what they had to do. Why? Because workers inspire people. People who are working as a gift to God, they inspire people. And let me tell you about one that inspired a whole lot of people. He grew up as a slave, literally a slave, lived in a house on a dirt floor. He had cloth for shoes. He used to call the classroom paradise because it was a break from his labor and all the chores he had to do at his home. And in 1881, he was the first black man ever invited to the White House to have dinner with the president. And the president looks at him and said, hey, I've got a job for you. I want you to make education available and free, and I want you to do everything you can to make education for the black community available. And he gave him the resources to do it. Now, here's what he started out with. He started out with some broken-down buildings. But this was no ordinary young man. This was a young man who knew where he came from, and he appreciated everything he had. In fact, he didn't even have a last name. And in class, they asked him, what's your last name, young man? And he didn't know. And he chose a hero of his. He said, my last name is Washington. Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington took what the government gave him, and he built a place called the Tuskegee Institute, 30,000 acres, 100 buildings, $2 million in endowments, and they trained 358 trades at the Tuskegee Institute, and it started from a slave who had nothing. Now, let me tell you, when you hear those stories, no, no wonder so many schools are named Booker T. Washington. His name is legendary. That's what happens when we use our gifts for him. It inspires others. It blesses others. And there's this one moment in the story, <clears throat> you've got to see this one verse, Bezalel is doing the work, and all of a sudden, there's this verse in the Bible, chapter 37, verse 1. All it says is this, Bezalel made the ark of Achaia wood. He made the ark of Achaia. What ark? What ark is he talking about? You know, they were looking for it in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, that's what we've been looking for. That's where it came from. He made the most sacred piece of furniture ever built. Now, here's a question. Do you think he knew how special that ark was going to be? I don't think he did. I think he just did it because God told him to do it. Do you think he knew that that ark would become 
a symbol of what Jesus did for us as our mercy seat, as the covering for us? No. I just think he did his job because that's what you're supposed to do. You see, when you use your work as worship, you don't have to know the outcome. You don't have to figure out how it ends and all the stuff that goes with it. You just simply do what you do because you're supposed to do it. And you're doing it for him. I don't think the founding fathers knew where this country was going to end up. I don't think they knew how big a deal it was. I just think they did what they could to build this land. Just as they built that tabernacle. Here's a really cool part of the story. In the last verse of the story, it basically says in Exodus 39, 43, And Moses saw all the work, and behold, they had done it. As the Lord had com commanded them, so they had done it, then Moses blessed them. You know what's so good about that verse? They finished what they started. They did it. So what is the lesson for us today? God's given you a gift. Use it for him. And let's finish what God has given us to do. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.